Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Stuart. We talk every week about the reality of running property businesses. Stuart runs a portfolio of co-living properties with a six-figure turnover and also has a property investment consultancy. And Simon has a number of buy-to-lets and runs Patma, which is a leading portfolio management software system and a source of property market insights. Before we start talking about the, the property market and pricing and whether the, the prices are going up or down or just hanging around, I'd like to remind people that you can join our email tribe. There's a link in the show notes, or you can also find the link on thebusinessofproperty.com. And we would really like to also hear from you if you've got property challenges that you'd like to join us for an episode and chat through. You can present just one or a, a series of, of things and we can hopefully dig in and have a bit of a conversation and hopefully help provide some possible ways forward. And Stuart and I have got a couple of, of challenges in our, our own property businesses that we're going to be talking about in our, in our next episode. So, so do stay tuned for that one next week. But getting back to this week, we're going to kick off with a news story that you've seen recently, Stuart. Yeah, I don't think anyone could have missed it. It was in the BBC in the last few days. And the headline is, house prices see biggest annual fall since 2009. So that clearly garners anybody's interest and certainly did ours. And essentially, the data itself comes from Nationwide. And Nationwide are saying that house prices have fallen at their fastest annual pace for 14 years in March, which is down 3.1% compared with the year earlier. And essentially, the, the, the headline is talking about the fact that this is the steepest decline that we've seen since 2009. And just in case that didn't scare the pants off us enough, they then put a graph which really shows that the last time that there was a big drop in 2008, 2009, so you're, you're left in no doubt whatsoever that what, what we're trying to say is that bad stuff is coming. The, the, the graph shows the, uh, the minus between 15-ish percent of around 2008 compared to the minus 3.1. And it's funny because as I look at this now and, and we talk about this, that's the first thing that strikes me. So, of course, we are inherently biased. We like property. But the first thing that just strikes me, actually, when I look at this chart is that when you look at it, the first thing is that the, the drops are concerning. But when you think about it, as I just have, is that the, the drop now is minus 3.1%. And yes, it, it means we're in decline in terms of house prices. But it's got some way to go before we're talking about crash territory. When you think about the fact that it you know, is, is about minus 17-ish percent from, from 2009. So it's quite clear that the, the story is there. The story is this is where we're heading. But obviously, Simon, we, you know, we like to have a think about these things and have a chat about with, with, with other data as well. well. What were your immediate thoughts? I find this graph and this, this data sort of difficult to imagine in, in my head, really. Because this is a graph of percentage annual change, so percentage year-on-year change over time. And for the last few months, not, not recent months, but sort of a few months back, there were a few months of 10% year-on-year increases. And 
it sort of looks on this graph like that's that's flat because they were all sort of around that level. But that's months of 10% increases. And then the most recent one, yes, it's, it's a sharp downward motion on the graph. It's an almost vertical line dropping from those 10% levels down to 3.1%. And it makes you think, as you say, sort of to create the story that things are crashing and we're, we're diving down into the, the depths of, of cheap houses. But that's not actually quite what it means. This graph doesn't show absolute house values. And I, I think it's very difficult to sort of map this graph and this way of looking at the figures and the changes over, over time each year onto sort of absolute values. And yes, it is true that the absolute house value or average house value now is about 3% less than it was a year ago. But there, there was quite a lot of steady house price growth leading up to last March. So the, the current house prices are not suddenly diving off a cliff from, from years back or anything. We're, we're just back to pretty much a year ago. So, so we've lost the, the sort of peaks of last summer. But I don't, I don't think that's really news to anyone. We, we knew that we were no longer at the prices we were seeing last summer. And I, I feel that this graph is designed to look sensationalist. Yeah, and I don't think we're disputing, because I think anyone with knowledge of the market, what's happening, or even without that, really, just anyone that's got an eye on property can see what's happening in terms of we've had significant growth, both pre, during and post pandemic. And, and many of us think it can't last, it shouldn't last. And what we're seeing in, in other numbers is, is, as you say, is maybe a correction is happening and minus 3.1. Is it a huge amount? Well, now again, we're talking average. We can, we can talk about regional, but again, I'm not sure how informative that is at this particular stage. But, you know, minus 3%, okay, it's, it's going down. And if that happens for the next quarter, then we're, we're seeing a, a trend. But when we look at data within PATMA, the property and tenant management software that uh, Simon created, we can also see numbers that are supporting what is going on and actually creating a, a broader picture, can't we, Simon? We can indeed, yeah. So Patma produces some, some graphs every week that, that pull together the very latest data from the, the portal property listings. So this is looking ahead of the nationwide data, which is what we've just been talking about, which is obviously sort of later in the process when mortgages are coming in and, and having an effect. But for property prices that are on the portals and people are asking for, it looks like in terms of averages, the initial listing prices are still holding up. And, and I've, I've seen other people commenting that, that they think this is probably or partly perhaps due to some higher value properties being listed and that sort of distorting the averages. But we can see that in, in the PATMA data, it breaks it down by the number of bedrooms. And yes, I'm sure there are some, some very posh one-bedroom properties, but on the whole, one-bedroom properties are going to be at the cheaper end of the market. 
And we can see that listing prices, average listing prices for one bed properties are still holding up, at least when those listings are initially created and put live. However, after they've gone live, we are then seeing an increase in the quantity of those that are seeing reductions. And we are now back over 20% of active property listings on the portals seeing a reduction in, in a week. So, so nearly a quarter of the properties that are out there currently on the market are being reduced in any given week. And, and that's, that's a lot of reductions. And I haven't got the, the specific data and graphs to, to back up this next statement. But anecdotally, I am seeing a lot of properties with multiple reductions, and some of them quite, quite chunky as well. And this is in the, the area I mainly look at, which is around Red Hill in Gatwick in the southeast. So the house prices are quite chunky to start with. But then the, I'm seeing sort of 25000 being knocked off in a, in a price reduction in a, in a single go. Uh, and that might be the second time that house has been, been reduced. So, so there are some big reductions coming through. Yeah. And as we've always said, the thing about reductions is it's uh, many different ways you can look at it, which is they're either reducing because the market has shifted and the market is now not aligned with what their price was or they've mispriced it in the first place or a combination of the two things which is they've priced what they thought it was and the market has now changed and they are that the market's responding to that and I and I spoke with you anecdotally about this as I as I know someone that has a a property which they put onto the market a very large property in a an affluent area of London, and uh, we're talking about a seven-figure property that they had feedback on from multiple agents to say this is the valuation we think. They gave them a little um, guide price, and the the owner went in at twenty percent above guide price, and, and at this level, twenty percent, we are talking between one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And something we can do in the, the Patma data is look back over the last couple of years of initial listing prices. And we can see that the initial listing prices coming through now are roughly the same as they were last year. And, and I don't mean this time last year. I mean through the, the sort of peak of last year. So I think it is very much that people are not ready yet to accept that that peak has, has dropped and we have fallen from that peak. And, and for us, reading property news, staying aware of what's, what's happening. I, I think we already knew that we're, we've gone from that, that peak by some way. We're probably, well, as we were just talking about, 3.1% down from this time last year. And that was just as that sort of peak was getting going. So, so yeah, I think it's people not being a, willing to accept that the, the, the market has changed. And that's, that's what's probably driving the price reductions at the moment. I'm not sure that at this stage, the price reductions are really pushing below that, sort of pushing them further down. But, I mean, we, we have to wait and see for the, the mortgage data and then the, the land registry data to, to feed through in a few months' time to, to really tell. Yeah, and as we said uh, recently on a podcast, that there is a lag in what we know to be true and what actually happens because we're all cognizant that we're not in a great place because of 
inflation, which we haven't spoken about yet, but you mentioned to me uh, compounding uh, inflation. I'm looking forward to talking about inflation. I, I thought you were you were going to veto it. So yay, we get to talk about inflation. <laughs> well, as I said to Simon before we hit the pre-record button, it's just I never thought I'd be in a situation where someone said, "Let's talk about compound inflation," and I would actually agree to it. But here we are. But there is a lag, so everybody knows something's happening. But human nature is we'll put the blinkers on and we'll plough on until something forces us to change behaviour or change what it is we want to do. And I think this is one of those situations where if in my head my property is worth 290000 I'm going to put it on for 290000 until the market tells me, sorry, son, it's 260000 and that And that's what's happening. And I'm, I'm just plucking those numbers from the average uh, UK house prices, by the way, there. So I think, I think there's that going on as well. Like you say, it's, it's just people need to be corrected. The question is, is this the sign of a, the trend moving forward? And are we as investors concerned that the drop is going to continue? Are we now moving into that territory where prices are, you know, we're heading into the, that, that famous recession that people want to talk about? I think the next few weeks and perhaps a couple of months will, will really give us most of the answer to that. Because there have been a lot of people saying that the market's been starting a bit slow in the year, but it's the beginning of the year. It's what you expect. Once spring kicks in, then, then there'll be a lot more activity and the market will pick up again. So now we are, we are just at the sort of start of spring. And I think it's, it's now that we really find out whether that's the case or not. And if things do pick up, then I think we'll probably be looking at sort of holding steady-ish rather than, than any great shakes and great, great increases. But if that sort of spring rejuvenation doesn't materialize, then I think we, we might be in, in deeper trouble. So it, it's, I think now is the time that's going to reveal the answer, but we'll, we'll have to wait a few weeks before we actually know what that answer is. And, and going back to the inflation point, there, there is such a lag on all of these things. And I think it takes time for people to realize and to notice that things have changed and are changing and the impact that is having. One of those sort of delayed reactions happened to me this week when I thought about the inflation figures. So a little while ago now, the, the Bank of England had the, the latest inflation figures that fed into their, their most recent rate rise decision. And it was a bit of a surprise that inflation had gone up a little bit again. So rounding, and I, I am being a little generous with some of these roundings, but the, the point that I later thought about was that we, ha- we have about 10% inflation, and this is annual inflation, so looking back a year. And if we look back about a year, we were already at that point seeing about 10% inflation. And that means that we've seen now two years of 10% inflation. And because it's an annual measure, that's compounded. So if, we had, if something cost £100 two years ago, then one year ago, it cost £110. And now today, because that's compounded up, it would cost £121. So 21% total price increase in two years. That's nearly a quarter across all the general stuff that we all buy. Things have increased by almost a quarter in two years. 
And I, I don't know about you, Stuart, but that just strikes me as sounding like an awful lot. It's, it's a hell of a lot. And I think it just brings me back into sharper focus to say, if things have increased by over 20% in two years, it's not unreasonable to see one thing, i.e. property prices, reducing by about 3%. And just caveating that with that is nationwide figure, by the way, that's not uh, anything else, but just one area of the market, although, you know, we're fairly confident in that given the size of nationwide space. But yeah, because when you said that, and we thought about it, the inflation running at 10%. And then I looked at average UK house prices, which peaked at around 270,000. You can see that property has remained at least in line with inflation. I think about that, probably not as high, obviously, given, given where we've been for the last sort of year or so. So again, that kind of put me back into a place of, well, should I be that worried about property? And I worry less about it, given those things. I mean, we're going to talk about, you know, how the inflation and costs have affected uh, certainly our businesses in next week's episode. But overall, as an investor, right now, I'm not looking to purchase anyway. But then I put myself into the mindset, okay, if I had the funds to invest, what would I be thinking about? Well, to be honest, I would be thinking about the usual things. I would want to get the best price I could for the property based on all of the criteria going into it in terms of how much I'd need to spend on the refurb stroke fit out, what the interest rates were on the mortgage and what the rental cover is. And probably a topic for another podcast, which I do would like to do is, is and using Patma data is just actually what percentage of properties that used to be you know, feasible are now unfeasible if we're looking in the land of buy to let, because clearly at the moment, and, and again, we haven't touched on this, but, you know, there's there's news out at the moment that, you know, one, one uh, school of thinking says that the Treasury's lost one and a half billion because of all of the changes that have been made. And, and uh, Michael Gove is, is therefore thinking about redressing some of that, which is which is all great, because we know that that has in, impacted the private uh, rental sector. But so inflation aligned with interest rates, that, that's where I go to is like, can my model still work? Now, my model is an HMO model. So I, I'm probably a little bit more impervious, if, if, you know, if that's the right way of phrasing it. But we're, we're less impacted by those things because we've already been paying high interest rates. However, there is obviously a, a huge part of the market, private rented market, where that is going to be impacted. And the, and the renters are impacted by things like inflation. So these all go into the considerations for an investor. Yeah, on, on renters being impacted by inflation, I, I think that is something that I would want to feed into investment decisions at the moment. So it's not just about do the numbers stack. It's about how reliable are the renters you're looking at, that rental market. Because renters, as, as everybody at the moment, is being put under a lot of financial pressure. And rents are going up, utilities are going up, food is going up. I mean, this is, this is what's called inflation. And if you're renting a property, it's not just what's the, the, the ticket price, it's will the, the tenant actually be able to pay that going forwards? So I, I think perhaps more important than previously is to look for areas, properties, etc., that 
that will attract good, reliable tenants. So areas that have reliable employment, that, that the definition of that might well be up for grabs at the moment, but where there is plentiful employment, many options, that sort of thing. Maybe you would want to go more upmarket because you would hope that they would be tenants with more spare income, so, so they have more of a cushion. But then again, also, maybe you would want to look more at the, the lower end of the market where a good portion of the rent is being paid by housing benefit because that's actually a very reliable source of income. And, and if, if the rent's being paid by housing benefit, it, it's not going to go down from that point because the, the government will keep paying that, hopefully. So yeah, I, I think you, you could look at either, either end of the market potentially, but I think it is definitely something to consider when you're looking at potential investments at the moment. Definitely. And uh, another consideration is also the length of the show. (laughs) Thank you for that very subtle hint there, Stuart. (laughs) (laughs) So it just remains for me to say, (laughs) thank you very much for listening. If you would like to get in touch with us to present your challenge in property, please do email us show at thebusinessofproperty.com. You can also find show notes for all past episodes on thebusinessofproperty.com. And Stuart and I will look forward to talking to you again next week.